Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and happy Wednesday afternoon here on the East Coast. Um, I am so happy to have a very special guest today. Um, I'm a great admirer of hers. I think that she's going to teach us a lot in the next half hour. Her name is Helen Badegag, and her mission is to make time and space for what matters most. And I think that's a great mantra. And uh, we're going to learn a lot from her today. She has carries many titles. She's a life coach, a certified professional organizer, a TV host, an author, and a speaker. She has been internationally recognized as a pioneer in the field of professional organization, and she's also a dedicated life coach and founder of We Organize You. She's been nominated for a Gemini for her work as a television host on HGTV's Neat. Her award-winning book, Organizing Outside the Box, Conquering Clutter Using Your Natural Learning Style, which I have the book, and I bought it right when it came out, and I love it. It's won several endorsements from other recognized experts in the field. So, Helen, welcome, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Beth. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, I'm so happy uh, to have you on the show because you contain such a wealth of knowledge in so many different areas, whether it's conquering something that's that's hanging up, hanging you up in your life or 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 organization which I'm assuming go hand in hand but um but you you can you contain such a wealth of knowledge in both of these areas that we I know we I could really use it and I'm certain my listeners out there can as well Well thank you yeah I'm happy to help Well let's just start with a couple of um just generic general questions just to get to know you a little better sure. um why did you want to be a life coach, and how do you help and guide change and help and guide life changes? Well, you know, I started off as a fitness instructor. It's something that I did part time while I was raising my kids as a stay at home mom, and I found more and more I wanted to give life tips at the end of the organi- at the end of the um, exercising because once started, people started to feel better about their bodies, they wanted to make changes in their lives. And that's where it all started. You know, that was sort of the life coaching in its infancy. I would give life tips at the end of my exercise class, and I found people were really responding to it. And I was feeling very fulfilled by that. So I looked into getting some training as a life coach. And at the time, I just didn't have the money. You know, frankly, we were on one income and uh, two kids in diapers. So I decided to um, start the organizing just as a part-time job so I could make some money and start taking the coaching classes. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, once I did train as a life coach, I realized that the coaching and the organizing can come together so beautifully to make huge changes in people's lives. And so I continued with the organizing and uh, built the life coaching uh, practice as well. So when you were uh, filming your TV show, Neat, um, which is just a, a great show, you you showed them the uh, your, um, I don't know, your nominees from start to finish. You... Um, you really showed both both sides of that, from your being a professional organizer, a certified professional organizer, and then also you did some life coaching. You um, you used some strategies to help people uh, realize why they were holding on to things and why they should give them up. Exactly, because I didn't want to give them a band-aid solution where they would find themselves in the same mess, you know, a few months later, and so. The life 
coaching skills allowed me to determine how to get to the root of the problem. It's very much like weight loss. You know, um, people go on diets, they lose the weight, then they gain it back, you know, within a year uh, because perhaps they haven't really dug down to find out what's the root of the issue. What subconsciously am I doing to sabotage myself? You know, what kind of messages is that self-talk telling me? You know, that little voice inside our heads that tells us we should do this and we shouldn't do that. And so having those tools really allowed me to make a huge impact when I was working on the show and helping the clients, not just to declutter their space, but to make permanent changes. Right. I remember one show you were helping a, a young gentleman, and uh, you said that you were a life coach, and you were, um, and you asked him what he wanted in life, and he wasn't really able to answer you. Um, I think you were helping him with his office and his bedroom, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you were like, and he really couldn't answer it. And once you you helped him work through the the process. Um, he was he was he was life sort of fell into place a bit more. Yeah, I remember that episode, and for him, it was just this cloud. You know, the clutter in his space created this cloud in his brain. You know, so he couldn't see clearly as to what he wanted and where he wanted to go. And I see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's not until we clear the clutter in our space that our mind starts to get a little clearer and we're able to focus on what it is that we want out of life. You know, because if we can't focus on what we want, pretty slim chance that we'll get it. <laughs> it's like, you know, getting in the car and driving and not knowing what your destination is. You're just kind of wandering around aimlessly, <laughs> you know, uh, rather than have directions on how to get there and have a destination in mind. Exactly. That's a that's a really great metaphor. I really like that. Um, well, uh, um, you you were a, a a speaker, and I went through life, and I thought, you know, the one one of the great topics for me, and I know the listener feedback that I get is, and I chose the topic getting time on your side, how to manage the minutes of your life, uh, because you, um, as a life coach, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, deal a lot with people who who just sort of let time get the best of them. And uh, oh, for sure, that's probably the number one reason why people call me and ask for help, you know, is just their life feels so out of control and that they don't have a handle on their time. And in this day and age, I think, you know, a lot of people have become urgency addicted, you know, where everything feels like an emergency especially mm-hmm. now with email and, you know, smartphones being on 24-7 and all of that. People are sleeping with their phone and checking it throughout the night. <laughs> <laughs> and and everything feels urgent, you know. And after a while, if your life is just putting out fires, you, you become so drained, you know. So it's right. taking a proactive approach. And that's what really time management is all about. You know, we can't physically manage time. All of us get 24 hours in a day. But if we can manage ourselves, then we can get a handle on where we're spending the time and, and you know, making those worthwhile investments in our deposits of time. That's how you're going to grow, you know, as a person and also feel more relaxed and able to enjoy life. So do we need to learn to use our technology to our advantage instead of letting it control us? Beautifully said. Yes, we need to get control of it. It, it. Very often it's controlling us. And one way of doing that 
is at the beginning of the day, you know, most people will run and check their email. What I suggest is that you do one or two things that will make an impact on your life first mm-hmm. thing in the morning before you check your email, right? Because right. if you go to check your email, you can be distracted for the next couple of hours, not just responding to emails, but taking care of all the requests that come through the email. Right. But if you're right. focused and you know, you know, the one or two things that you need to do that morning to impact the bottom line at work or, you know, to make a, a positive change in your life or the life of your family, and you do that first, you know it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very true. And, uh, I mean, I am um, guilty. I check my email first thing in the mornings. And sometimes, you know, there's things I want to respond to. And I try to – I have a little notepad beside my computer. And, you know, it's a bit antiquated to take notes these days, I suppose. But I do anyways. And I write down all the things I need to do for the day and then just do them as I see as I see fit, as they seem important to me. Um, Exactly, yeah. Prioritizing is really, really important. Um, Sometimes things seem urgent, but if you're able to just stop and take a deep breath and ask yourself, you know, is this really urgent? And is it important? Then it's going to allow you to prioritize so that you're spending your time wisely. So how do you create a daily time schedule that helps you to achieve those goals that that, are, that can be so elusive if you let time manage you? Well, it doesn't really matter what method you use. You know, you can use an agenda, you can use your smartphone, you can use a big calendar on the fridge. The important thing is that you find a system that works for you and that you only use one calendar because mm-hmm. you only have one life, so you only need one calendar. And if you're using several, it's easy to miss things. Mm-hmm. And so, And you talked about taking notes and how that might be antiquated. It depends. If that's part of your natural learning style and, you know, that helps you stay focused and remember things, then I would encourage you to continue doing that because doing things via technology is not for every learning style. So really important to think about that. And speaking of learning styles, uh, you're in your book, Organizing Outside the Box, you, um, you, divide, you have um, the reader take a, a quiz. And then the, the reader then can identify their learning style, and yeah. I found this I found it really fascinating because um, I never thought of myself as a, as a visual learner, but I am. <laughs> Interesting. And yeah. Uh, and and okay. did you, were you a combination of styles? Did you find? Yeah. Yeah, I I always thought of myself as um, as a doer, a, a kinesthetic learner. Yeah, when I, and when I read through this, I thought, "Oh, that's probably going to be me." Yeah, <laughs> um, and you found you were more visual. Yes, yes. Interesting. Like, um, like for instance, you know, in, in organizing um, my um, my clothes, I have to see everything. Right. Putting them, putting them in drawers, just you know, I'll just forget about them and never wear them. Right. So. Exactly, and you're certainly not alone there, Beth. I mean, visual learners are the biggest part of the population. Mm. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are listening and they think, oh, yeah, that's me as well. That's true. That's true. But uh, Yeah, and, you know, I I wrote the book because a lot of people were frustrated that they couldn't get organized even though they were reading, you know, other books or magazines on how to do it and it just didn't work for them. And so they thought, you know, they were flawed in some way. And I wanted to put a stop to that and tell people that, 
you're perfectly fine the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just the system doesn't fit with your natural learning style. And so, as you know, in the book, I go on to say, you know, once you've identified your learning style and the learning styles of those around you, then you can start setting up systems that are going to not only work, but you'll be able to maintain them over the long term. Mm, that's that's very true. Um, and, and maintaining those systems is is very, very important because I, I find that sometimes, especially when the seasons change, I get everything organized, and then sometimes it doesn't stay that way. Mm. And it's like, yeah, what am I doing wrong? Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's not to say that you, you know, are, are only going to have to organize once and abandon it and it'll stay that way forever. Of course not, because there's things always coming in. Mm-hmm. However, the systems shouldn't change, right? You will have mm-hmm. to maintain them. But once you've got them set up based on your learning style, then they should continue to serve you from season to season. Yeah, that's a that's a great um that's a great way to put it. Um as far as um systems changing, you know, I mean systems never change, but the things that come into those systems do change. Exactly. And and if they have something to come into, then uh I just need to I just need to have stronger systems. I'm, I'm convinced of that. <laughs> um you um you speak of time gobblers, which I love the word. <laughs> I think mm. of Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great visual. <laughs> right. I think of Pac-Man yeah, gobbling this, up my time. There are so many things gobbling up our time. I think now more than ever, you know, um, one thing I suggest right off the bat is to turn the notification sound off on your email programs because if you're constantly hearing that those emails are coming in, it's going to distract you from what you're currently working on and you're going to be tempted to look at it. And guess what? As soon as you look at it, it's going to take over a minute to get back to where you were before. In fact, um, there was a recent study that said uh, it takes 64 seconds to recover our train of thought after an email interruption. Wow. That's a full minute. So if you're you're looking at every email that's coming in, let's say you're getting, you know, 50 emails, that's almost an hour that Mm. you've just spent being distracted, not even answering the emails, but just being distracted by them. So if you're, you know, in my case, if I'm reading a brief or, you know, a case law, something like that, and I hear that ding, which I do have it turned off, but I used to didn't. Um, going back to to what I was reading, you know, finding my place, figuring out, you know, what train of thought I was in when I was reading it, all that takes about sixty four seconds. Exactly. And that's, I mean, I mean, if you if you do that for every email, that's a lot of time. It really um, adds up. I mean, you could. And it and, also and, makes you feel frazzled. That's <laughs> another thing. You know, it's pulling you in two directions, and we know what that feels like when we're being pulled in two directions. We're feeling yeah. frazzled. That's that's a that's a good word. <laughs> that's hmm. a very good word. Um, so yeah, how do we so, defeat you? You mentioned turning off our um, our uh, notification on our email. Mm-hmm. Is there any other like yeah. uh, time gobbler defeat defeatist things that we can do? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to work on something and you're finding uh, that your coworkers or if you're working from home, your family members are constantly coming in. I would suggest either going to a boardroom at work for maybe an hour or two so you can get uninterrupted time, or maybe a nearby coffee shop if you work from home, and, and that's going to help you focus. So just changing your environment, even if it's for a solid hour a day, 
when you're working on a project will really make a difference. Hmm. That's that's interesting. I I do work from home, um, but um, I luckily I have the house to myself most of the time. So, nice. I uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, I can see where if someone you know has um, you know children or a husband that works from home as well, or especially if they're in the work a workplace environment, um, mm. which I was you know which I was in the first part of my. Um, when I first became an attorney, um, I used to you know, just shut my office door or go into um, this little lobby area and just read. And uh, it really, really helped because that that um, that focused attention to, to whatever I was doing, um, I, I would you know I would get so much more out of it than my phone ringing or or the exactly. email or something. So that's a yeah, and, that's and a really even if you're working from home and you have a dedicated business line, perhaps your home line is always ringing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, again, turn that ringer off during the day so you're not distracted by personal calls. So um, it's just having a boundary there, especially if you work from home. You know, a real clear boundary that business hours, uh, you're not going to be taking personal calls, right? And and right. during family time, you're not going to be taking business calls. works mm-hmm. both ways. Mhm. That's um. It's a really good way to to almost just set a divide in your life, and 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 whenever that time comes, when it becomes family time, then then that then that's what it is, and then it becomes more enjoyable, I think, and less stressful because you don't want to be and stressed you're able with to your... enjoy the moment. Mm. Definitely you know, with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um. And you speak of minimizing distractions for maximum focus, which, which we just talked about. Um, and being in charge of voicemail and email instead of the other way around, <laughs> which I do think it does sort of boss us around some. <laughs> yes. But uh, um, what about, yeah, this is really great. I think this is especially important for women, but you talk about getting power through giving a guilt-free no. Right. Yeah, I think women especially, you know, want to serve want to be there for everyone. Sometimes they put, you know, everyone else's needs above their own. And when we do that, eventually we will be depleted. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we're not putting any gas in the gas tank by taking care of ourselves. So eventually we run dry and guess what? We can't give to anyone else anymore because we have nothing left. Mm-hmm. We don't want to reach that place. You know, we want to be able to put our needs at the very top of our priority list and that way we're available for everyone else right and i know there's a lot of guilt there i know that but you need to be strong and uh know that ultimately you're doing it for everyone else's good as well as your own and it sets a great example especially for your kids you know mm-hmm. i have two daughters and it was really important for that for me to teach them to be selfish right because mm-hmm. i don't look at selfish as being a negative thing i look at it as taking care of yourself first mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you're able to take care of others. You know, and if I if I was selfless, I knew that my kids would learn that by example. And I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. We need to think about that. If we're putting our life on hold and doing everything for our kids, what is that ultimately teaching them? That's true. That they don't matter, maybe, that that other people's needs are more important than theirs. Um Exactly. Yeah, it it really takes a hit on the self esteem. Mhm. Yeah, I you know, I've heard the example of 
um, when you're on an airplane and they tell you um, if there's an, you know, God forbid, an emergency, to put to save yourself first, to put the, you know, the um, the oxygen mask on yourself first, and then help your children or those around you. Mm, exactly. And, and it's like if you exactly. if you're not if you know if you pass out yourself, you're not going to be any use to anyone around you. So. Exactly. And if you're doing everything for everyone and you get so stressed out that you end up in the hospital or having a heart attack, you're not going to be much good to anyone, are you? That's true. You know, it's you really have to look at the big picture here and just feel the guilt and take care of yourself first anyway. <laughs> uh, and I think that would lead to a guilt-free no. And if you do take care of yourself, then maybe those opportunities that you said no to, if they come back around, you might be in a better place to say yes. Exactly. I know. I've I've had that happen to me several times where I've been like, no, this just isn't the time, you know, to serve on a board or a committee, head up a committee, something like that. And it's like, no, this just isn't the right time. But, you know, once I maybe a year or so has come around and I've I've balanced out my, my time and my lifetime, it's been like, well, yeah, I can do that now. Exactly. So. Yeah, and sometimes people have trouble saying no. So you touched on something, Beth, when you said not at this time. So that's a great way of saying no without using the word no. Or you could say, you know, there's a lot on my plate right now. I'm going to have to pass. You mm-hmm. know, just saying it in a graceful way uh, sometimes feels easier to do rather mm-hmm. than just saying no. Right. So I'm, I'm really flattered, but I can't right now. Beautiful. But. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you can recommend someone that can. And that's True. really helping them out and empowering somebody else that perhaps is looking for an opportunity like that. That's true. That's true. I know I've had some, some instances where people have, have recommended that I do something, and, I, and it's actually you know meshed well with my life at the time, and it's so it's so flattering. It's like, oh wow, they really thought of me. So right, exactly. Yeah, we can do it all, but not all at once. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's like my motto. I've said that before. Have you? Yeah, it's so true. I, I have. I've said that before. Um, I just want to ask you some. Uh, what are some of your favorite organizing tools and gadgets? I know you use several on the show. Um, you use the the label maker, and uh, which I thought was just awesome. Your label maker is just <laughs> it's so sophisticated. But uh, yeah, label makers are great for visual people. You know, we we really respond to the written word, and so being able to label things just feels so good and in a moment of stress it's easy for us to quickly look up and see exactly what it is that we're looking for and grab it so yeah that's a that's really important if you're a visual person to get yourself an inexpensive label maker that you can uh, use to label locations and bins and baskets and all of that because I mean if you can imagine you know shelving with with uh Rubbermaid containers, you know, the blue ones, for example, or the green ones, and no labels on them. Can you imagine if you're looking for something, you don't even know where to begin opening up all those bins? (laughs) I I see them stacked in people's basements, you know, five or six high up to the ceiling, and when there's no labels, it's so daunting. You know, people would just go out and buy whatever it is they're looking for rather than start digging through those bins. That's true. That's true. So. Yeah, really important to do that. You know, I always tell people, look around before you go shopping because there's probably a lot of things uh, in your home that you can use to get organized without spending a lot of money. The the trick is to always think, you know, how can I contain things in their categories? 
rather than having a whole mishmash of things in containers. Because miscellaneous is not a category. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. And so, I mean, I've even suggested using things like empty ice cube trays or egg cartons to organize little bits and pieces of things in your office drawer or your jewelry drawer. You know, Mm -hmm. just look around first rather than run out and buy things. But shelving is is great. It allows you to maximize the vertical space, which is endless in most cases, as opposed to the horizontal space. Um, Bins, baskets, anything that you can stack and label, all of those things are great tools. But at the end of the day, the tools will only take you so far, right? Mm -hmm. You have to use them. Systems that you put in place. Mm. Very true, very true. Um, I wanted to ask you what you think of the TV show Hoarders. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what I love about the show is that it's brought awareness Mm -hmm. because people didn't really know that there was such a thing as hoarders and weren't aware that they could be helped. And so I think the the great thing about these TV shows, and Neat did the same thing, you know, when it first aired, it mm-hmm. brings awareness that, wow, you know, I'm not the only one that has this clutter problem, and there's someone out there called a professional organizer that can help me. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think it's terrific. Uh, on Hoarders, they do bring in a, a psychologist or another uh, professional that deals with mental health issues, and I think it's important to put the spotlight on that and say that Hoarding uh, is a mental health issue, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, having some clutter is not necessarily. And so, you know, a very distinctive difference between shows like Neat and Hoarders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I had no idea that, that people had that disorder, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. uh, syndrome, but I had no idea until I, I saw it. And then they mentioned something like, you know, five to ten percent of the population is something like that. It may even be low, maybe be too high. I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was, it was, it was really shocking to me. Hmm. Um, and I guess yeah, and you, you just know. don't know because it's something that goes on behind closed doors. Exactly. You know, there's so right? many people so, that you, you could work with or have to be friends exactly. with, and you don't ever go to their house. So you don't know that they're struggling right. with this problem, and it's so sad. It is sad. They can't feel very good about themselves. Um, yeah, it's so daunting. You know, it's so daunting and overwhelming. So, but, um, a, you know, it's good that they're getting the help that they need. At least yeah. those that, you know, can hire an organizer and a therapist, they're getting the help that they need. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think anything that uh, that shines a spotlight and, and brings awareness to a problem is a good thing because maybe if people understand it a little bit better, it won't be such a... Um, you know, stigmatized so exactly. harshly. So exactly, yes. So what's what's your biggest client problem, or what has been sort of the biggest problem you've had to face being a, a CPO and a life coach? Hmm, that's a great question. I haven't had that question before. What's the biggest problem that I have when I'm working with clients? Hmm. I would have to say uh, that sometimes people wait too long. You know, mm-hmm. um, they'll read one of my articles or my blog and they'll send me an email or phone me to inquire about how the system works. You know, how, how do, has it, 
how does it go when you're working with a professional organizer? What's the process? How much does it cost? And all of that. I'll give them the information, and they'll sit on it for a really long time because Mm -hmm. making a decision is really hard for them. And so in the meantime, they're suffering sometimes a year, two years, three years before they finally reach that melting point and they pick up the phone. And I just wish that they had done it sooner because they would have been able to enjoy the last two or three years of their lives rather Mm -hmm. than living in shame and um, anxiety and stress, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's my biggest problem is that you know, clients wait too long to call me. Mm, I could see that. I guess they're mulling it over or, you know, do I want to do this? Can I Can I do this? You know, I guess that's... Yeah, and sometimes they get cold feet. You know, they'll book an appointment and the fear will creep in. And it's like, oh, no, you know, I'm going to have this stranger in my house going through my stuff. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know if I can do it. And they cancel. But, mm-hmm. you know, for anyone out there that's listening and can relate, what I need to say to you is that we're not there to judge. You know, we're there to help, and we get it. We understand that, you know, you're not born knowing this skill, and it's mm-hmm. okay to ask for help. You know, I get help all the time. I have my bookkeeper come and do my books, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not embarrassed that my math skills are so terrible that I can't do the accounting because I know that that's not my strength, and, you know, it, it's my accountant's strength, so why not allow her to use her strength to help me? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Let us use our strength as professional organizers to help you if you're struggling with that. So asking for help in, in any facet of your life, I mean, whether it's, you know, uh, organizing or accounting or or um, anything that you might need True. help with. Cleaning, you know, um, hiring a maid to clean your house if you're so busy with your um, with your home office and your home business. And sometimes that's a big help. Exactly. Yeah, what people need to realize is that if they just focus on what they do best and let others do the rest, that they can actually make a lot of money doing what they do best so that they can mm-hmm. pay these people and mm-hmm. allow them to do what they do best. I mean, it's when I think about it, it's a beautiful give and take, you right. know, mm-hmm. allowing people to do what they love, what their passion is, while you focus on what you enjoy. So what's the best advice that you've ever been given? In what way? Um, well, really just um, in in the life, maybe in your life coaching, um, but just in life, um, what's the best advice in life that you've ever been given? Um, you know, mine is to be persistent. Um, mm. I, I've been told, always be persistent. You know, if you really want that interview, if you really want to win that case, you know, to to just to persist. Um, and I was just curious, you know, if you have sort of a, you know, kind of a life mantra or, or something that someone's told you that's that's sort of the best thing that, you know, maybe not the best thing, but one of the best things that you've ever heard. Yeah, I would say the best advice I got, and it came from a coach that I had hired, and it was uh, take the leap and the bridge will appear. Hmm. And so very often, you know, um, when I found myself afraid and trying to plan too far ahead, you know, to prepare myself for all the what-ifs, at that moment to just stop and do what I know in my heart and in my gut feels right and not worry about the next 
step and the next step and the next step. It's taking the first step without seeing the top of the staircase, if you will, and just trusting that once you've made the commitment and you've taken action in that direction, that somehow the right people will come across and you know help you and the right opportunities will come up so that you can achieve that that you're dreaming about. Great. That's a great answer. I like that. Take the leap and the bridge will appear. Thank you. Well, one last question before we wrap up, um, and and we'll definitely um, let the listeners know how they can get your um, e-book and your your actual book, Organizing Outside the Box. But what are your future plans for now? Well, this is my year of adventure. Every year I try and give it a, a theme and just to keep me focused and yeah, this is the year that I'm open to new opportunities that are going to come my way that may feel a little scary, but uh, are going to be fun at the same time. So I'm open to a year of adventure ahead, and whatever that might bring, I welcome it and continue to clear my plate so I have room for it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, I wish you the best of Absolutely, best of luck with that. I know you. Um, you keep yourself so open to opportunities. I'm sure something absolutely fabulous is going to come come your way. Um, do you want to let people know how they can reach you and uh, get the uh, the free ebook and buy your book? Yes, absolutely. Uh, go to weorganizeyou.com and download your free ebook. The ebook is called Seven Habits That Rob You of Your Time, Energy and inner peace, and how to dissolve them. So that's absolutely free. It's a download. You can have it instantly. And at the same time, you can receive my monthly newsletter at no cost. So um, I welcome all your uh, listeners to go and and get that book. Uh, I also have lots of blog posts that uh, touch on a lot of the subjects that we talked about. So a wealth of information on my website, weorganizeyou.com. Okay, great. And that's you, the letter U. Right. Yeah. And um, also, can they order your book on your website as well? Yes. My okay, book great. and any other products uh, that I have available are uh, on the website. All right, great. Well, Helen, I really appreciate your being on the show today. I really appreciate your time, as I know how thank valuable you. it is. Fun. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. That was That's quite a compliment coming from you. So um, I've really admired you ever since I saw the show Neat, and once uh-huh. I got my... Um, I've had this show for about two years now, and I knew I wanted to have you on it, so I'm so glad that you came on. And you and were sh- persistent. I will say that, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> when I said not at this time, you were persistent, so that's terrific. I love oh it. You, you walk your talk. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And- and um, I guess that wraps up today's show. It's been a spectacular show, and I'm so glad that you were able to join me and Helen today. Um, and uh, and Helen, again, thank you. And um, I uh, guess this will say, uh, as I say at the end of every show, this is Beth Schenkel-Anderson, and I'm signing off. Thank you. Bye.